Have you struggled to get everything done? Have you looked for every trick to be more productive? How much do you really understand about how productivity really works? This is Success Road, a podcast where we meet at the intersection of your life and then take decisive action to move onward toward higher levels of success. In this season of the podcast, we'll be exploring the nature of productivity so that you can actually gain back your time and energy, making a difference in both your personal and professional lives. My name is Joshua Rivers from PodcastGuyMedia.com, and I'm taking you on this journey. Aaron Mack, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you reached out and you mentioned that that you work with impen- uh, impenetrable joy and there was a connection with productivity uh, that, that was implied in there, but that phrase, impenetrable joy, got my attention. And so what is that? What does that mean for you? So impenetrable joy is the experience that you no longer have to be at the mercy of or beholden to people or circumstances to dictate as to whether you're having a good day or a bad day, or for that matter, a good day or a a good life or a bad life, you know, Um, no longer being on that roller coaster ride of emotions uh, regarding, you know, this person says something and now my day is going south. or this circumstance didn't turn out how I wanted to, and now I'm upset. And so when we can recognize that we are responsible for those experiences and learn how to change them into the experiences that we want, then we can create impenetrable joy, which is not is internal. It's not based on something that's going on externally. It's I decide I'm in joy today and all day. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I mean, I, I'm sure we've all experienced it to where it's like, like you said, someone says something or something happens and all of a sudden our mood switches and we start going south, as you said, and it it can be, I've had some experiences recently to where, where it's like something, someone said something and for whatever it, a a little switch in my brain or whatever triggered and it's like, okay, I'm, it's like my brain started to say, okay, it's time to have a bad day now. <laughs> but but we don't have to let that control us, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And so part of um, sort of getting past being on that, what I call the roller coaster ride of emotions, is recognizing that uh, there's some things going on behind the scenes that often we're not aware of. And when we can get awareness around them, then we can begin to unpack what's going on, not so much why it happened, like, you know, what were the circumstances or the things that led to the experience, but more just in the proactive state of how can I change that experience? Because um, often we, you know, I don't think it's, I don't think it's difficult to understand that things that happened in your past affect how you experience your now and your future, right? And we, you know, our brain is so wonderful at taking in information and saying, ah, um, let me not reinvent the wheel the next time because that didn't turn out how I wanted to. Unfortunately, that 
that way of thinking, which is natural, everybody does that. You know, it's it's about you know, uh, as you said, like productivity. It's about efficiency, right? Don't want to keep doing the same things over and over again. Except that um, people are super nuanced. Situations are very nuanced, and um, when it comes to people and circumstances or events, uh, these nuances matter. And so while our brain would like to say something like, I like to equate it to, you know, obviously you learned at a young age, don't stick your hand on the stove when it's hot. Ow, that hurts, right? That's that same kind of thinking, but using it with people and circumstances and events and thinking that everybody and everything is the same and they're very nuanced. And so, um, you know, our primitive brain likes to do those things, but the reality is, is they're not the same situations and they're not the same people. And so when you recognize that and you begin to learn some strategies on how do I take in the information as new information and then use it that way, um, it doesn't, you know, slow down productivity or efficiency. It actually creates, you know, deep, meaningful relationships with people um, clear, concise communication. And those are the things that are important in our life. Cause that's, I mean, we're here to be enjoying ourselves and we get bogged down by these things. It uh, makes it less enjoyable. Yeah. I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit more of those pieces, but one question I have, um, just kind of taking a step back is having the joy. Obviously we can see the benefits of having the joy and, and being able to, have the benefits of that because when we don't have the joy we we experience uh like, like we get frustrated and upset and things that it takes away our focus takes away our attention to what we're actually doing um maybe we get apathetic because it's like oh well who cares I mean, it doesn't matter now and, and so you kind of get <laughs> get down that road and it takes away from our productivity and i think we can all understand that but what is it that keeps us from having joy well, a couple of things. One, I'd love to establish what I consider the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness yeah. is based on external things. It's, you know, the brand new car. Yay, hooray, I got a new car. That's so exciting. Eventually, it's just a car. It will just become what it's meant to be, which is to get you from A to B. Um, so that's uh, you know, short-lived. It's based on an external thing. Joy is an internal experience that you can create in de, in, you know, throughout each day if you decide, if you choose, if you learn strategies, if you get emotional awareness, then you can start to recognize patterns of behavior and change them so that that internal experience is not affected by the external experience. And so we're set up to, you know, if I asked most people, they would say, you know, I would ask them, what is it that you'd like in your life? They would say, I'd, I want to be happy. And I would say, actually, what you want to do is to be able to create joy. And so this idea of happiness that we've been taught in our society, and I think many other societies, is based on external things. When I have the car, when I have the house, when I have the relationship, when I have that stack of cash, then I'm going to be happy. And I'm telling you that joy is available now, regardless of what's going on out here. The internal experience is the one that's meaningful, has purpose, 
And that's what we're after, but we don't know it because we don't make these distinctions often and people aren't talking. I mean, we're starting to talk about these things, but this is the distinction so that you can understand that there's never going to be a big enough house. There's not going to be a nice enough car. You'll never have enough money. It's this search for uh, ground. Like we're constantly grasping to find some ground. And the reality is, is that's an illusion. There is no security. There is no grounding. I mean, we intellectually understand that um, the one thing that we know for sure is going to happen is change. Change is constantly happening. And yet we're constantly seeking security or the lack of change. And so when we can reconcile that peace, that happiness, joy, peace, and this idea that we're going to be able to find some security in any of these things, then we can begin to just be okay with what is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I just listened to something. Um, I can't remember if it was an audiobook or a podcast. Um, I think it was a podcast. And you, you mentioned there about like, there's never going to be enough money and never be enough house and et cetera, et cetera. And, one one thing that I heard the person say was they said one of the reasons why we never have enough is, first of all, we never define what is enough. We never take the time to actually define what that looks like. And so we can never achieve it because we don't even know what it looks like. So that's probably one aspect. Um, but that probably, again, comes back into internally what what, what internally, what, what are our expectations and, and things like that. And so probably managing that part of it um and so so th that was a thought that came to my head and that's something that i think i want to unpack a little bit more for myself i don't know if you have any additional thoughts on that yeah i mean um that journey inside is about what is it that i want you know i love this idea of sufficiency you know versus like excess you know it's like what is going to be enough for me you know, is it enough to, to have a nice home, to have shelter, to have access to food and water? Um, is it enough to have those things, to have deep, meaningful relationships with people and purpose and meaning in your life? Or do I need to su subscribe to what society would have you believe, which is that excess, like more and more and better? And I only know this because I experienced it. You know, I started a business uh, 20 plus years ago and um, it took off like gangbusters. I had no business starting a business. I didn't know what I was doing. I, it just happened, right? I obviously was right place, right time, right service, you know, all the things. And so I was scrambling to make it all work out. And I did have all the things, right? I had the money all of a sudden. I had five houses. I had, you know, cars and we were traveling. And I mean, I was married. I had the kid. I had all of the things, a successful business, um, you know, establishment in a community, giving back. I established a nonprofit, all these things. And I was completely miserable and I couldn't figure out why. And it was because I was chasing, chasing, chasing. It, it literally, that is a no-win game. You cannot win at that game. I mean, 
my clients in that business were multi-billionaires, multi-millionaires. If I mentioned their names, you would know who they are. You would use their products and services. They were just as miserable. And I kept thinking to myself, how can this be? They have all this money. They have access to all these things. And yet they spend their time doing things that don't bring them joy. That, and they're not happy. And I couldn't, it took me even years. I mean, I, I looked at them and I thought they can do everything they want every single day. And yet they are unhappy. How can that be? And it's because that, because of that happiness joy thing. They were pursuing, you know, they were still trying to keep up with the Joneses. These are people on the Forbes 500 list. I mean, they crazy like money and totally miserable. So yeah, it took me a while to kind of figure out like, what is that? Like, how can that be? And it can be because it's the journey inside that has meaning and purpose. It's not the exterior, the external things. Yeah, that's so true. And of course, we hear that phrase, money can't buy happiness. Um, I guess in a way, I mean, looking at it the way that, that you talk about there with happiness being the external, I guess you could do a little bit, but yeah, it, it's not long lasting. It definitely doesn't, uh, you can't buy joy with it. And so yeah. so how how can somebody, they find themselves, as you say here, they're, they're in a pattern of behavior of, always riding that emotional roller coaster they're going up and down it all is dependent on what everybody says or what everybody does and the circumstances that happen how many red lights they run in through and <laughs> uh it's all these different things and they're, they're just kind of going with the wind on all the that sort of stuff so how can they can be able to uh be able to start to make a change and be able to obviously it's not overnight yeah, definitely. And, and thanks for mentioning that, you know, because uh, we loved we love that overnight success story, but <laughs> it's not legit. You know, it's an illusion. Yeah. Um, so I would say so there is a specific process that I so first I want to say before I say anything else, I truly believe that we are here for the purpose of growth as humans, like to evolve as a human being. That is why we're here. And when we can align with that idea, then we find purpose and meaning in our life. And then it is a beautiful life to live, right? Because you are on purpose, in purpose, aligned with the deepest part of you. And that's so important. Um, that being said, the, the way to begin the journey of growth is to recognize that you're not having purpose and meaning, like the very first thing. And sometimes that comes in the form of crisis, right? Like, I can't take it anymore. I don't like how this feels, or I'm in, in anxiety, or I'm overwhelmed all the time, or I'm completely stressed. Um, and so that's like, number one is like, oh, something is not right here. And recognizing that if you keep doing the same things over and over again, you will have the same result. And we know this, we talk about it. It's very cliche now. You know, that's the definition of, um, it's a definition of, uh, I was going to say psychosis, but it's not psychosis. But it's that idea that you, 
uh, want to do something different. But if you don't insert or apply new information, you will continue to do the same things over and over again. So the recognition that you must get outside information to create different, right? And then the other piece is we have this story, um, some of us relate to it more than others, of the things that have happened in our life. They're not the rainbow sunshine things. They're the you know, traumas and the uh, you know, unfairnesses and the not, you know, not right and all of those pieces of that uh, story that happened as, um, you know, as a child. And um, reconciliation with that story is what most you know, psychologists would say is the, is the goal. And I would say it's not reconciliation. It's recognition of that story and how it's playing out in your life. And so when you start to recognize the pieces of that that are showing up in your life, and there's a process that I take people through and understanding, you know, not, it's not about the people or the circumstances or any of those things. It's about what you decided because of that story. And those are what you uh, are your beliefs. And those beliefs look like, and everybody has these pretty much the same ones, which are, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. Um, and so those are sort of playing in the, like what I call the wallpaper of your life. And so you're making decisions from that place. And when you can recognize that and heal some of that, the emotional um, scars, so to speak, from those experiences, then you can begin to retrain your brain, rewire it and refire it in ways that make more sense for the future that you're trying to create. Hmm. You with me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my brain is just going in several different directions and so i mean that's that's absolutely true and so i mean and i've I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts and audiobooks and things like that and and this is one of those things when we talk about building habits and things like that i mean one of the hardest things about building a habit is not necessarily the physical activity of the habit or whatever it's getting over the mental blockage of, of whatever whatever type that is looking like uh, and, and being able to get belief. over that that's yeah. the belief it's that block yeah and so when and so, you can name it and see it and go ah there it is again right then and there's a pattern of behavior that you go okay what happened right before what's happening during and you become the detective of your life you start to go oh there's that experience again that i didn't like interesting now I can step back and become like the scientist or the detective and go, what does that look like, feel like? Where does it live in my body? What happened prior to? What was said prior to? Or what did I read? Or what did I experience, right? So then you start to see, ah, there's these trigger things that are happening in my life. It's not anxiety or stress or overwhelm or worry. They don't happen in a container. It's because of something. It's triggering something that you either are not aware of or is latent in you. And when you have recognition around it, you can begin to move the dial in the direction that you want ever so slowly by recognizing it quicker and quicker. So if your go-to experience is, say, anger, 
rather than, um, you know, recognizing it a week later, you might have, you know, your kid may have come in and, um, you know, not listened or followed the rules or whatever, and your go-to is anger, and you maybe raised your voice or talked sternly to them or whatever you did. And as you recognize that while it's happening, and then the next piece is, let me see, like, same situation, child comes in, you don't um, uh, like what they're doing or they're not following the rules or whatever, you start to recognize it while you're getting angry. And then the next step would be right before child comes in, not doing the thing. Then you go, oh, this is an opportunity for me to switch that, to shift right there. I recognize it right before it happens. I can take a deep breath, take in the moment. Where is it living in my body? What could I do possibly different? And it's just those little things, but you have to become that scientist or that detective to see what's going on. Otherwise, the patterns of behavior will just keep going. Yeah. I think that could be hard uh, to be <laughs> able to observe yourself in the moment. I mean, because I mean, there's that there's that whole saying, you can't read can't read the outside of the box from the inside or or whatever it's it's a yeah i like to say you can't read the ingredients yeah you can't read the ingredients when you're inside the jar right (laughs) yeah and so and so it can be difficult especially when there's someone that they're not used to doing that Mm -hmm. i know i i've had some issues trying to teach my son how to be able to of course i have my own issues too so that's probably part (laughs) of it too uh and so, yeah, I mean, so there's you- two things I like to say to that. There is a, so I, so change happens in my estimation this way. It happens from initial awareness. Like I don't, we talked about crisis or, you know, I just, I don't want to be like this anymore. I don't want to feel this anymore. Um, the second part is emotional awareness. Like how do I start to recognize when I'm in reaction to people and circumstances? The third piece is, uh, um, you know, getting intentional about what you would like to create so that you aren't just going, I don't want this, I don't want that, I don't want this. You're going, instead, when you recognize I don't want, I don't want to be angry anymore, you're like, instead, what would I like to see? I'd like to be at ease in these interactions with my child or my coworker or my staff or... um, And then the fourth piece is some sort of strategies, um, you know, to rewiring, refiring the brain to habitual things that we love to do, think, action that we take. And the last piece, which you mentioned earlier, the most challenging part is the practice of this new way of being over and over and over again. Because we've practiced these things for so many years, these habits, these thoughts, these actions. Um, it's, you know, it's a bit like you just can't, you can't go to the gym and lift one weight and be buff. You've got to, you know, go consistently to get those kinds of results. And can it be challenging? Absolutely. But I'll tell you that it is not more challenging than what you think it is. Right? So we like to uh, catastrophize you know, oh my gosh, I don't want to look at my emotions. Oh my gosh, I don't want to experience this anymore. So we do all these things. Like we literally spend most of our day trying not to feel all the things, trying not to acknowledge the emotions, right? 
the obvious things are, you know, drinking, doing drugs, uh, gambling, sex, uh, shopping, right? But there are less obvious ones. Social media, um, helicopter parenting, you know, where we make our kids come first and and we um, don't have any time for ourselves. Uh, You know, this idea, this badge of honor that everybody just loves to throw around these days. I'm so busy. And my clients are like, I'm so busy. I'm like, why? Why are you that busy? There has to be time for stillness in your life. There has to be time for nothing. Like quiet, alone. You know, there has to be time for that. If you schedule out every minute of your day, even just your work day, that's not okay. There's no productivity in that. I apologize for those of you that love to be working, working, working. But there is only so much focus to be had in a day. And, you know, this idea of this eight-hour workday, so if we get 24 hours, eight of it's sleeping, eight of it's working, the rest of our life has to fit in the other eight hours, I would subscribe that eight hours is not an appropriate amount of time to be working per day. I think it's less. I don't think you can focus on anything and be in alignment and create from a place that makes sense with ease and flow, I think when we're, you know, dedicating an eight-hour work day, we're beating our head against the wall to stay focused. I mean, I think mm-hmm. everybody knows the difference between when you're super focused and you get a lot of stuff done in a very short period of time and when you're just, like, not focused because your mind is elsewhere and you are you know you have a deadline or you have something that has to get done and you can't get it you're just having that difficult time getting it done and it takes twice as long. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the, I can't quote the actual studies, but I know studies have been done about that. Like how much work actually gets done in an eight hour day. And it's like half or, or something like something to that extent. And so it's like, you're like basically just doing busy work for all the rest of the time and getting maybe four hours of work done in that day. But it's like, you're, you're trying to push yourself so much so then you you like have that focus at work and you get home guess what you ran out of focus and then it's like okay here let's just click on the tv okay kids just go over there you're not paying attention to your family and it it just kind of it just kind of creates a cycle that kind of spirals downward even yeah i mean i think you can imagine that a day filled where you you know, your work has purpose and meaning for you. You're in the flow. You're in alignment with yourself and whatever product or service that you're, you know, hawking. Uh, that's a very different experience. than when I think I'll like, I would venture to say the majority of people have, which is go to work, you know, grind it out, come home, try to figure out a way to cope with family or, you know, We've all, a lot of us have been home for a long time, (laughs) you know, try to do all those things, coping with kids and school and all of that in that same environment. And then how do we relieve ourselves from that? Then we get lost in TV, movies, social media, um, overeating, uh, you know, indulging ourselves in alcohol or whatever the, you know, whatever the thing is so that we can feel okay about what happened that was not in alignment with our deepest self um, to do it all over again, (laughs) you know, and Mm -hmm. um, that's not the life to be lived. I mean, I, 
Yeah, and I didn't know that. So it's not really our fault that we got into this habit of things because it's kind of what we've been told is how it's supposed to work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I watched my parents do it, just grind out at jobs day in, day out, um, some of which didn't speak to them on any level other than a paycheck. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm I'm saying quit your job because it's awful or whatever right now. I'm just saying get intentional about what you'd like to create. Like who who are you? What do you want to do in this world? I believe everybody has a unique offering for this world, figure out what that is so that you can be in purpose and aligned and in flow and excited about what you're doing. If you're going to spend eight hours a day doing something, it better be something exciting and wonderful. Otherwise, what a waste, right? You could be spending time with family or doing activities that you love or friends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to teach my son that money isn't everything. And so, because I tell about some of the struggles that, that I had at work trying to trying to convey to him, hey, okay, here's like some real life things. And so he's 14. So he's on the verge of maybe being able to get his first job and things like that. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to convey something. He's like, well, at least you get paid for it. It's like, well, money isn't everything. And so, it, so it's like sometimes you get situations where it's, like, it's too much. And it's like, okay, money's not everything. I need to take care of myself and different things like that. Like you said, it's not necessarily just quitting a job, but learning to be able to uh, deal with it and manage it in in a good way. And one one thought that I had, uh, you mentioned earlier um, about, about I'm trying to remember exactly how you said it, but, but the thought that I got from it was that it's, it's easy. We can see where we are. We can see the struggles and the, and the habits and the patterns that we have now. We can see, okay, I'm, I'm not experiencing a lot of joy. I'm always frustrated and stressed and all this, and I want to be able to get over here but it seems like such a big thing. And it's like, I can't do that. And that part becomes stressful. And then you don't do anything. You don't make any progress because it's like, I can't get all the way up there. But, but several of the things that you were talking about, it's like, let's just make some incremental steps, do a little bit at a time. So like that whole adage of how do you eat an elephant? One bad, one bite at a time. And so never had an elephant, but Not interested in eating elephant. But. Not, or at least not that I'm aware of. I have had Chinese food, so you never know. She's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so this is how our brain likes to work, right? It likes to do this either or thinking. And, and what I like to say is it's and thinking that gets us to the new places, right? So it's like, you know, either or thinking is saying, oh, like, I've got to get, you know, I've got to get out of this situation today or now or immediately, right? It's like, no, actually you don't. You know, it's the difference between putting something like, like to use this example uh, for people who like to do to-do lists, um, you know, you put on your to-do list, must do taxes. Well, (laughs) that's a pretty daunting like to-do list item and it's no wonder it gets procrastinated and put off. Yeah. But if on your list it said things like get bank statements together, uh, you know, get your receipts together, contact your CPA, right? Those are incremental steps that you can do that are totally easy. 
It's when we begin to put things in large categories that they become overwhelming. And so, like you said, the incremental, like let's do this one thing. You know, if you recognize that you are in a state very often that doesn't feel good, like stress, anxiety, overwhelm, worry, um, depression, just sadness, whatever the thing is, then begin to seek alternative solutions to that to that experience. And through that, you know, maybe that looks like YouTubing whatever that anxiety or, you know, going to somebody like my website or Instagram or, you know, but being very intentional about what, what are you wanting to achieve here? You wanting to achieve the cessation of anxiety or um, stress or overwhelm, right? And so start to seek and you will find somebody that speaks to you. You know, I'm not the end all be all for everybody. Some people really enjoy what I have to say and other people find that it's not, doesn't interest them. There's somebody there for you out in the world that's talking about these things that can help you, you know, start to read books, start to watch videos, go to seminars. Um, All of those things are growth in the right direction. And there's so much free content out there. Seek until you find somebody you're like, man, this is super interesting and make it a part of your life. Not just today, because you happen to hear this podcast or whatever, like put schedule it in if you need to 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, hour a day. I'm going to look up YouTube videos on how to create a life in ease with calm and peace. You know, I'm going to look up, you know, a lot of people are talking about meditation. I happen to teach it as well. I think it's a huge tool. Look up meditation. Try putting new things in your life each day, not just one time and done. You know, it's like a lot of people give up after they've gone to the gym once because all their muscles hurt. The goodness comes the next week where it's like, oh, I can push myself now and my muscles don't hurt as much. And, you know, so you just got to like decide that what's happening is not okay. And I'm going to seek until I find how to not to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so, so there's several things there. So, so you talked about like, like, like the physical task of like, like doing taxes, which technically is not a task in itself. It's a project basically, because it has multiple tasks involved in doing that. And so, like you said, you, you, you look at do taxes as the supposed task, but and then you said it, it gets overwhelming because it's like, well, I can't do all of that right now. And so you kind of push it off as opposed to just like, okay, let's break it down. First of all, let me look up, okay, what do I, what paperwork do I need? Second of all, let me get all the paperwork and we get all that assembled. And then it's like, here, let's get, and so kind of break it down that way. Emotionally, we need to do the same thing. Kind of look at the whole, okay, what's the first step that I could do and kind of go step by step. But as you mentioned before, that it's sometimes hard for us to be able to uh, read the ingredients from the inside. So it helps to be able to get some outside perspective. Um, Absolutely. Not not unsolicited (laughs) advice, because that doesn't usually work out as well. But (laughs) but when you actually seek somebody out, say, hey, help me identify this. Help me be able to realize and work through this and things like that. And so the the first step that you mentioned there is like, you can look up YouTube, you can 
go find some different articles and blogs and things like that to be able to help you get started. But sometimes you need to talk to somebody, uh, which is uh, where you can come in potentially. And so where can people be able to find you and get more information? I think the best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is um, Aaron, E-R-I-N-M-A-C-L-L-C. Um, I post pretty consistently a video each week with some sort of theme, uh, strategy, something to think about. Um, my website URL is also in the profile. Um, and uh, I love to start chats with people. If there's something that you see or you want to be part of my newsletter, just um, DM me. Um, I send a newsletter out uh, once a week with just, you know, ideas and stories to think about. Um, strategies to that you can start using now. Um, I really, really want to be in service to people. I really want people to understand and recognize that you can be in joy now. You can enjoy your life at this moment here. And I recommend that you do because we're not guaranteed any moment beyond this one. And if we truly believe that and understood that, then we would live this life very differently. We would do things very differently if we knew this was the last moment or if this could be potentially the last moment. And so recognizing that, not in a doom and gloom way, but recognizing like, wow, I really want to see my full potential in this life. I really want to create purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. I think that's really good. I appreciate that. Is there any last thoughts that you would leave with us today? I well, was just sort of alluding to it, but I, I really, I, I want to emphasize it again. If the predominant experience that you are having is not one of joy, then please keep seeking. It's possible. This life is beautiful. I didn't know that. I know it now. And that's why I teach what I teach. But it is possible to experience every moment in that moment. And that's where freedom really is. And so if you're not experiencing that, please seek out. If it's me or somebody else, there's many people to choose from. Find your person and get on that journey because you matter. You, you're worth it. All right. Well, thank you very much, Aaron, for spending this time with us and sharing all this information. Appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Thanks for having platforms like this to talk about these things it's really, really important. And, um, you know, society would have us think all these other things, but I think this is the stuff here. If you want to get to the show notes for today's episode, you can either swipe over your podcast app, or you can go to successroadpodcast.com. Please share this with anyone you think needs this information, and I'll look forward to talking with you in the next episode. God bless.